So this is the podcast for night two, and in the group is Dominique, Gabby, Ethan, and Lucas, or Luke, I don't know why I said that, and Kaylin is absent from the podcast today, so it's just going to be over. Uh, so starting with the summary of what happened in the text, so the camp uh, guards are reading out numbers for the prisoners, and those prisoners will most likely be taken to the gas chambers because they are they see them more as the weak ones. Um, Ellie passes the call, but his father does not. And they're both worried, but it turns out that his father is actually okay and his life is spared. Ellie ends up being sent to the infirmary to have an operation because he is having a problem with his right foot, which was caused by the cold weather conditions that they have to work in. While he's in the infirmary, there's talk about the Russians coming the camp, but Ellie and his father are worried about it, so they both decide to the camp, even though it does end up getting liberated. They walk miles to the other camp called Glewitz, I think is how you pronounce it, while they are severely fatigued and tired. And when they uh, get there, they have to stay in the barrack there without food or water for days. Okay, so it is up to me now. I am the connector for this podcast. And if my doc will load, okay, so I have four connections. My first was that first section we read the Jews were taking a physical test to prove their worth to the SS soldiers and whether they should be selected to be removed from the camp and executed. I made a connection to um, sports team tryouts and how I that I've gone through and how you have to prove your physical abilities and you're selected for the team or not. Any any thoughts on that, guys? I think that's a good uh, connection because uh, it's mainly just all ba- uh, based on, like, physical strength and how well-equipped you are to do, like, certain, like, either, like, being on your sports team and there it's, like, how well you are and be able to work. So I think that's a good connection. Yep. I mean, anytime you get to be tested or something can be compared to things like this. Because you are yeah. always being tested. Even even doing the mile at school, same thing. Yeah. All right, on to my second connection. Talmud, I think, was arguing with himself, and he uttered the words, it's over, God is no longer with us. And I've just made a connection to the world's current state right now and how some people are kind of just giving up hope during the pandemic and thinking that this is over, this is it, this is how it'll be forever. I mean, yeah, people have been giving up a lot or, you know, just giving up on themselves, myself included. Like, some people have chose to use this wisely and people... I, like, understand the connection, but I feel like, not that ours isn't in a bad situation, because don't get me wrong, no one wants to be doing all this, but, like, Mm -hmm. theirs is more, like, dire, you know? I feel like the Holocaust is worse than 2020. <laughs> just an idea. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, just a little bit, but I did make the connection. And for my third connection, when Eli and his father were marching and later running, they were only keeping each other from giving up and getting killed. I made a connection to a book I read this summer called The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak. In this book, there was a little girl who lived with a family who had been taken, and she had been taken in after after her actual family was killed. Later in the book, they had also illegally taken in a Jewish man. 
this girl and the man helped each other and their girl's friendship was the only thing keeping the man going just like Eli and his father anyone else read the book thief no I haven't read it but like your connection's good <laughs> it's a good connection I would say even okay. though I haven't read the book but yeah and then for my second or for my fourth connection, it's also from the book Thief. And in the book Thief, the little girl that I mentioned, she saw a bunch of Jewish people being moved out of her town, probably into a camp or a ghetto. They were marching through the streets. And this is a connection to when Eli and his father were marching and later running for the purpose of being moved to another camp. Yeah. Yeah, well, we all haven't read it, but your connection sounds good. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. Thank you. That makes sense. All right. All right. So, yeah, you guys, you guys keep going. Okay. So, I'm the evidence checker. And first of all, we have, well, I have to identify the major types of evidence that is used. And throughout this section of the books, I would say that most of them is pathos, even though he sometimes includes pathos but i would say that most of it is pathos and um an evidence i analyzed was the quote where he says i began to laugh i was happy i felt like kissing him at that moment the others did not matter they had not written me down and i would say that this is pathos because he ex is expressing his emotions and during this time the dr mangali maybe was holding a list of all their numbers, and he was just relieved that his number wasn't written down. And another example would be, where is God? Where is God's mercy? How can I believe? How can anyone believe in this God of mercy? And this is also another example of pathos, because this is when Eliezer goes back to the time when he knew a rabbi from Poland, and he was an older man, and he kept his faith, but one day, he just didn't have any faith anymore, and he just couldn't believe and keep up with his faith. And another example, which is ethos, I would say was a quote, don't talk like that, Father. I was on the verge of breaking down into sobs. I don't want you to say such things. Keep the spoon and knife. You will need this as much as I will see each other tonight after work. During this section, Eliezer was startled because when he saw his father running towards him and he had the news that they had supposedly recorded his number without him noticing um he was not certain if he was going to stay in the camp so and the i would say the author's overall credibility was that he's very accurate and it makes it right well the readers more helps it helps the readers understand more because he expresses what's actually happening and how he feels. So. Okay. So, um, I guess there's nothing really to talk about that, so I'll go into my part. Um, I'm Ethan. I'm the structure analysis person. Um, so, the purpose that these paragraphs are filled is just to uh, move the story along, of course, because this text isn't really persuasive or argumentative it's a retelling of his experiences um i i feel like uh 
the introduction to our 24 pages ended after two days later because right after that uh, section, after he gets out of the infirmary, uh, the story really heats up and it starts going faster and faster throughout the day. Um, and then the effectiveness of the structure is very easy to follow and um, it makes sense with the context of the story. Yeah, I agree, because with the structure analysis, it's basically like the same throughout the whole book, because it's just like a storytelling, so yeah. there's not much that could like change between each time, you know? <laughs> so yeah. are we ready for the questions at the end? Yeah. Like yeah. my questions? Okay, so for the first question, I said, what do you think like the narrator Ellie was feeling when he heard that his father's number had been called out for the group selection? Probably I think he was afraid. Yeah. I mean, there, he probably must have been going through so many emotions. He was probably scared, sad, um, nervous, all of those things, because his father's the only thing really keeping him going in that camp. And he's the only thing he has left of his previous life. He's lost his old shoes, his old belt, his, his gold tooth, his mom and sister, and his dad was the only person he was able to stay with. I would say that he would be startled because if his number was, wasn't written down, but his father's number was written down, he would be like, well, I don't want my father to go through that, you know? Yeah. So next question. Why did the camp, why do you think the camp gave the workers better soup on Christmas and New Year's? Um, I think they just, even, even though they are monsters, I feel like they had a little, a little maybe compassion or remorse for what they're putting the, people through so you know give them a little nice treat on christmas or it was to keep them working harder give them a little reward and they'll work better though it is kind of a slap in the face as you know they're giving them a better soup on christmas when they're jewish yeah <laughs> oh yeah that too <laughs> not that i thought but... so, Shoot. Yeah. so uh is that any more input on that okay so next question, why do you think the narrator wasn't frightened by what the Hungarian Jew told him about there being black in the infirmary too? Sorry, you glitched out a bit there. Can you repeat that? Yeah. Right, so, uh, why do you think the narrator wasn't frightened by what the Hungarian Jew told him about there being a selection in the infirmary too? I think he wasn't scared because he was so tone deaf to everything. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, it's not like he wouldn't ever be able to work again. So I feel like maybe it was going through his mind that, oh, you know, my, my thing isn't that bad. I'll be back to work in not too long. So I don't feel like they'd select me. But the kid with dysentery next to me that's dying, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. because he didn't get his leg amputated, he's like also like, oh, I can just walk again in another couple days. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it phased him that much. Yeah. Okay, well, so next, oh, keep oh, going. I was gonna say with all the horrid things he's seen. Oh no, people are choosing people. Oh wow. <laughs> so next question, I said, when the narrator is in the infirmary after his operation, there are rumors that the Red Army is coming to Buna. When he and 
his infirmary neighbor are talking about the event and Hitler. The neighbor says, I have more faith in Hitler than in anyone else. He alone has kept his promises, all his promises to the Jewish people. Do you think more prisoners have more faith in the evil that is occurring, that is occurring over the good? Or do you think that they are still keeping their faith in the Jewish religion? Wow, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> shoot. I, I feel like that guy was an outlier. <laughs> really? Because I kind of feel the opposite. I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the people that Eli were talking to, they they eventually started to kind of lose faith. They were, where is oh, God? Oh, not about that. I mean the faith in Hitler. Oh yeah, no, no, completely. They they had they. I believe that they definitely had more faith in Hitler than their God at this point. Yeah. Especially yeah. with what they've through. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with that, but I'm just saying like. I feel like they had they, they would have had more faith in the Red Army getting there than, you know, Hitler saving them. You know, to be um, rescued by the Red Army. Kind of. Yeah. I kinda get I get what you mean. The next question? Yep. I said, do you think that Eliezer regrets going with his father and not staying in the infirmary after he later found out that those who were in the uh, infirmary were later liberated by the Russians, and why? Um, yeah, because he could have skipped, you know, running 20 miles with a busted foot. I think that him and his father definitely re probably regretted that one. Maybe not, though. Because, you know, he got to stay with his father. We hear all these stories about people who got split up from their loved ones and then not finding them for 30 years after the war ended, you know? No, no, the, In the book, do you remember the doctor said that he could get he could get his father oh, a... Oh, yeah, yeah, the never mind. Yeah, he probably, they probably do regret that then, yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah. doctor could have gotten Eli's father in nursing position. But then again, the Red Army didn't treat the Jews very nice either. But but they still would have been liberated. Yeah, it would have been better. So yeah, they probably do regret it. My bad. I totally blanked on that. No, you're good. So yeah, that, that's all my questions. Those are good questions. Thank you. So you that... Alright, so that's the end of our podcast. Thank you for listening, Miss Powell. Um... <laughs> So yeah. Wait, we talked about everything. Yeah. Oh, uh, actually, I have to. What do you guys think about? Do you think most of the book was in pathos, ethos, or logos? Pathos. That's the one with the uh, emotion, right? Yes. Then yes, pathos. pathos. A lot, a lot of pathos. Yeah. Okay. All right, now yeah, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we're good. Um, thank you for listening, Miss Powell. All right, have a have a good one.